What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling. With four angel babies myself and two rainbow babies here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. And before we begin, huge shout out to the Radis fam on the internet the lamb fam for supporting the sponsors who support our show so we can continue to provide this weekly for free hello everyone we have mayan on today's episode i am so excited to get to know a little bit more about her you guys she is all the way over in the philippines which is so cool and it's i think midnight for her 12 a.m right Yes, oh, 11.59 p.m. <laughs> just one more minute. Yeah, just thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate it. And I am just going to toss it at you. Start wherever you would like with your story. All right. Thank you so much, Shelly, um, for having me today. Uh, my name is, um, well, as, as Shelly mentioned, uh, Mayan. My, my true name, actually, real name is Mary Ann. But uh, my friends and my families um, called me, uh, call me Mayan, so that's my nickname. So hearing the, the initial episodes and, and mostly started with um, how they met uh, their partners or husbands so I'll start mine uh, that way too so my husband and I met when we were in college Uh, we were on the same course we were communication students and uh, we were involved in the same um, organization so we started as friends and, and eventually decided to be in a committed relationship so he was my first boyfriend and after seven years uh, we got engaged and after a year got married so we got married in April of 2015 and um, during the first two years of our marriage we decided to just you know let it be take it easy in terms of having a baby Um, we were we weren't proactively trying Uh, we gracefully waited and while waiting we focused on our individual careers and endeavors so we traveled we we spent time with our friends and family and in the third and fourth year of our marriage seeing our batchmates and our friends you know having their babies already uh, we decided that perhaps it's time to already try more intentionally because we felt like um, you know it's it's not coming uh, to us naturally so we started looking for OB Obigaini, and initially they tried to um, heal my PCOS as I had um, irregular period and uh, my period later on uh, became regular so they gave me some meds and also I, I needed to change uh, some of my you know lifestyle habits and, and what have you and 2020 came and I was thinking perhaps um, you know it's okay not to have it yet as it as, as we felt like the world is ending. A lot of things are happening. Um, it's not a good time to have checkups in hospitals or clinics. Um, it's risky to just even go out. Um, our routines also change, work dynamics, and 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 a lot of things just just happened um, so fast. And um, so so we took it easy. We were, I would say, um, less pressured to try so hard because uh, we also had. A lot of uh, you know things in mind, and but lo and behold, um, in August 16, August 16, I took a pregnancy test, and discovered that after more than five years of being married, that I'm I, I was fi- finally pregnant. So um, initially, you know, uh, the, when when I discovered it, it's weird because it was a faint line. And um, I, I didn't really know how to, to read that, whether is it positive or is it false positive or is it negative. And, and before, I was imagining that um, if I discovered that I'm pregnant, um, I, I would tell or I will, I, I will reveal it to my husband creatively, you know, um, in, an, in the most amazing way. But when I discovered it, it was a faint line. So I, I needed him to, you know, to help me understand what it meant. So I called him and I told him, babe, what do you think? Uh, 
is this positive or is this negative or is it the false positive? And then we just let it be. And then on the second day, August 17, we again took a home pregnancy test. And um, as, as days go by, uh, we just tried and tried and it's becoming clearer and clearer. And then eventually we decided to um, visit an OB gynae. And then, um, so uh, she said that indeed um, I was pregnant and immediately um, we, uh, she had uh, an ultrasound. So I, I had an ultrasound and uh, it, it was such a surreal moment. Um, and I wish I was able to share that with my husband, but my husband was outside the clinic of course, you know, with the COVID-19, they were very careful and it was just me inside of the, the doctor's clinic. And uh, I, I, I just couldn't stop crying because after five years, I, I couldn't believe that, you know, it's happening. And during the most unexpected time, you know, during the time that we weren't trying so hard and here it comes. So, um I still remember that day when, you know, it, it was just surreal. I was crying and the doctor was was also so excited for me. And, and she was telling that, you know, I, I can imagine what you're feeling because you've been dreaming and you've been desiring and you've been hoping uh, for this day to come. So, and, and finally, uh, you know, I, I had that moment. So, and yes, after that, I, I went out and I told my husband that, hey, it's, you know, it's, it's positive. We are prog uh, finally pregnant. And um, he was also so happy. And, you know, it's, it's so nice to, to see the love of your life, right? Um, so, I mean, my husband uh, he's not very expressive, but, but I can see in his eyes that he's, he's very joyful with the news. And then we decided to just um, keep it to ourselves uh, for just a few weeks. Um, perhaps, uh, actually, I was I was planning to just reveal it after the after uh, we got through the twelve weeks, right? Because they say the first trimester is quite a sensitive time, that anything could happen. But I, I couldn't contain it because I know that our friends and our families, I mean, uh, they have been waiting for this moment as well. For us, they have been praying with us and hoping with us. So I just want to share that joy and that happiness. And I, I just couldn't, you know, I keep it to myself. I, I, need, I, I also needed support group, you know, like women who, to whom I can share my experiences, where, whom I could ask for advice if, if I have questions or tips perhaps. So I, I decided to, um, you know, to, to say it to our parents and also to our close friends. And they were so happy. Everyone was so, you know, um, cheerful, joyful for us. And, and, and sometimes they, they, they would message us and, hey, how are you guys doing? Because they also understand that, you know, being pregnant um, during this time, time of COVID, it's, it's quite challenging. And, um, you know, it, it, could, it could be very difficult. So, yeah, so uh, we went through that process. I, I bought a book <laughs> about pregnancies. I, I um, listened to podcasts. I, I watched YouTube videos, you know, just to get tips. I asked advice from my mom, from my mother-in-law, and from my female friends who already, you know, um, have kids. And, and I, I, I just would like to share that because I'm an only child. And even, you know, as I grow up, I, I actually envy my friends who have big families, who have friends who have siblings. And I always dream of having a big family, you know, that when I get married, I, I, I just don't want to have one child but I, I really want to have a big family where my kid where my child have siblings and share those moments that I've seen from my friends and my cousins growing up so and that's why when I when I got married it's it, you know it's it's 
I, I mean, I, I never imagined um, a family without kids. I mean, that's that's how that's how I see it. But then, of course, now I'm realizing that even without kids yet, that me and my husband, we are still a family. So going back to my uh, um, my journey, so I I continued my work um, during the after I discovered that we were finally pregnant. I was even more inspired and more empowered because now I, you know, I have more reasons right to to work harder and to really um, and to be inspired to be more passionate about life and things like that and you know just seeing the changes in your body and knowing that um, something inside you, someone inside you is growing, that you have to be more careful, you have to take care of yourself, you have to eat more nutritious food and really be more conscious in terms of your lifestyle. And um, yeah, I did all those things. Um, So, and then I, and then on August 1st, I remember that was a Thursday, and um, right after my uh, 5 p.m. meeting, um, I started bleeding, um, which happened while I was cooking dinner, um, preparing for dinner. And because uh, I remember that meeting, because uh, I'm, I'm a project manager for, uh, for an international company, and I remember uh, we had a very successful meeting because we were about to launch a project. And I was so positive and I felt so empowered after that meeting, knowing that everything will go well for our launch. And then uh, when I started bleeding, it, it wasn't really a heavy bleeding, but, um, you know, it's it's like just few drops. But then, and I, I didn't feel pain so and, and so i thought oh perhaps this is normal because i know that some women pregnant women experienced um uh, spotting during the first few weeks of their pregnancy and um during that day uh, my husband was away my husband's name is anthony and um, he was away for another meeting um but he was on his way back um to Manila, Makati, where we live, um, from Bulacan, uh, just another town outside of the city. And I, I, I was already crying at that time because I just knew that, you know, there's something wrong. And uh, although I didn't feel any pain, but I know that, you know, um, bleeding, even though it, it, you, 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 you can, you might categorize it as spotting. Um, you know, it's not a good sign. So I messaged my boss and I decided to take the rest of the day off from work. And then October 2, um, when I woke up, uh, I, I, I saw blood again, um, dark brown to dark red. <laughs> and um, it's funny because I, I even, at the time, I didn't want to, you know, to move my body i just want to lie down because i was really afraid that if i will move and just get up and make my coffee that that something bad will happen to my baby which we have been waiting for many years now and um so when i got up because i i had uh, an online delivery so so someone from downstairs was contacting me and saying that i i i i need to to get my package downstairs and then uh, drops of blood came out again um uh, going up uh, to our house and um you know at the time i was really so afraid that um, I, I never felt that. I mean, I've experienced loss with some of my, of course, close friends and some of my family members, but I, I never experienced such anxiety and such worry and such fear that that it felt like, you know, I, it, 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 
it, it was a dizzying moment for me at that time. And um, out of my fear and anxiety, and this is something that I will always um, look back and really regret, I actually, I started blaming my husband. I, I was telling him, you should have, you should, you should have gotten the, de the delivery, the package downstairs instead of me. Perhaps if you did that, then, uh, I mean, blood will not come out of me or something like that. So I, 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 w I was so worried um, that I, I, I just needed to, to let it out. And, but eventually I, I said sorry and I deeply regret um, that moment and um, and so we went to a healthway clinic and uh, around lunchtime hoping we can have a transvaginal ultrasound ASAP as advised by my OB my doctor because I was constantly texting her and just updating her about what's been happening and I, I went back uh, after lunch though um as because the the ob the, the my, my scheduled ob will only came in then um after lunch time so um yes yeah, so I, at that time during lunch you know i would like to hold on to any glimmer of hope as my fear at that time was was big um so uh, so doc valenzuela which incident uh uh, coincidentally also um you know has the same last name as my husband Valenzuela uh which at that time uh, we were also so surprised because my my original OB um she was out of town so um she advised us to just go to the clinic and find another OB who can do the transvaginal ultrasound so and we were surprised that the assigned OB for us uh, that day was uh, Doc Valenzuela, and and I felt like oh perhaps this is a sign from the universe from God that you know everything will be well because we have the same last name you know I can hold on to any glimmer of hope just to you know just to um, comfort myself that everything will be well. So she did a speculum exam. Um, so it's a small instrument covered in gel to, to check if there is any cause of the bleeding. And she confirmed that there is indeed bleeding, but the cervix is closed, which according to her is a good sign. So um, she checked the heart of my baby uh, through her Doppler, but no heartbeat. So she did that. Um, she tried that three times. And um, I started panicking inside. She said not to panic yet, as sometimes um, heartbeat cannot be appreciated or detected until 13 weeks. The diagnosis, though, is um, threatened abortion. So at that time, we couldn't do um, transvaginal ultrasound yet because apparently um, the one who will do that um, is not available that day, so they need to schedule it. So I was scheduled to have it, um, you know, the day after instead. So, um, so she was telling me, you know, um, not to panic, but that the diagnosis is the threatened abortion. Uh, she wrote it down in the uh, in my diagnosis, and um, you know, um, she was telling me that don't panic, don't be afraid yet, don't make any conclusions yet, don't assume yet until we have the transvaginal ultrasound. Threatened abortion is just a common medical term according to her, uh, perhaps for the lack of other terms, and um, she just had to write a diagnosis. So I was scheduled for transv the morning after, um, and, and I, I couldn't wait, you know, I couldn't sleep the night before. The anticipation is really causing me panic. Um, and uh, I was really afraid. So October 3, it was the weekend, Saturday, so many people, um, so many pregnant women waiting in line for their turn. Um, so other, uh, you know, other, other women, their pregnancies are more pronounced. They're touching their bellies, you know, their backs, their hips, you know, those things. Um, and 
I was actually worried that um, I may not go to that point of, you know. Um, and then before my turn, I, I was still hopeful that everything will be okay. My husband outside uh, was very positive um, and he was telling me everything will be well. And um, it's, it's even more difficult because, you know, I didn't have my husband beside me. Um, it's just me and with the sonologist and with the nurses. So it's, it's very strict. So my sonologist started, so during my term, uh, my sonologist started asking if I stopped feeling pregnant somewhere, sometime. And yes, come to think of it, um, my breasts were less sensitive. Lately, you know, I, I had no more cravings as before. Um, my, my sense of smell went back to normal. My appetite was the same before I got pregnant. I've actually noticed that um weeks before and and even my boss my you know he was asking me how are you feeling because uh, prior to that i was always telling him that i'm i'm not feeling good i may take a break once in a while um but you know for the past days i've noticed that i was feeling normal and I, I had no more desire to take naps. And although I still constantly pee, um, but I think it's also because um, even though there's something wrong, uh, I still have the, the pregnancy hormones. So the, the sonologist was telling me, um, I'm sorry, the baby stopped growing at seventh week and one day. So no more heartbeat. And um, in a way, I expected it, but also, you know, you, you expected it, but also you did not expect it. You know what I mean? So no more heartbeats, um, according to her. And, and my world was suddenly went numb and quiet, and I felt dizzy, like the ceilings are moving. And I couldn't remember how... I got out. I mean, I didn't have Anthony's hands uh, to, you know, to hold me. Um, my, my first thought was, what happened? Where is he? Where is she? What went wrong? And while taking those steps, I felt like, you know, the nurses, everyone was quiet suddenly because I, I, I think they also knew what was going on. Um, and opposite to the noise and routines earlier before the before the uh, trans V, and I, I you know I, I I also felt that even the women the pregnant women outside of the clinic also felt that energy from me because I was already crying and I actually didn't know how you know I got from the sonologist clinic to my husband. And when I saw Anthony, my husband, I sat down and I started crying. And he asked me to sit down, to relax. And, you know, seeing my calm and hopeful husband, it's, how can I tell him? I mean, when I told him that I was finally pregnant, he was so joyful. And so when, when I finally told him, I didn't know the exact words, but I saw his eyes, you know, from hopeful to disbelief to sadness to, to hurt. You know, it's, it's heartbreaking to see the love of your life, heartbroken. And it, it felt like I also failed him. You know, I, I was so sorry. I didn't want to hurt him, to shatter his hopes and dreams. Our baby, what can I do, right? So I, I feel so helpless and you know it's 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 out of your control it's one of those moments where because we, we have a lot of moments where okay so this is the problem and this is the next step and this is the problem and this is the plan but it's one of those moments where you just don't know what to do next like you, you don't have a plan you don't have a contingency plan and because 
I'm that type of person wherein I always anticipate the best and worst case scenarios. And, you know, when you're pregnant, uh, you always worry about after giving birth, right? About finances, about whether the baby is healthy. But in this case, I didn't anticipate that I can miscarry. You know, it's, it's something that all, from all those thousands of scenarios that I have imagined, this is something that I did not imagine, that I didn't. I, I, I couldn't believe that this is happening to me. And apparently, when I was, um, you know, because after that, uh, I, I, just to get some encouragement, um, I started researching podcasts on um, Spotify and searching on YouTube um, testimonies from women who also um, experience the same thing and apparently um, a lot of women also undergo the same situation and I, I didn't know that I mean and and a lot of women just don't share it you know it's 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 not something that we talk about and um, so it was really it was really painful and it felt like because uh, I, I lost my baby on um, his or her uh, seven week, seventh week, right? But it felt like you lost someone you know, you know, like it's it 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 was so difficult to process because it's not as if you lost like like a full term, uh, like a full term baby or human being or something like that. But it's it felt like it, like um, you, you have this connection and you. You know, I, I was so excited to meet this baby finally, you know, coming from us, the both of us, product of our love, from our blood, right? And then you lost it. And I think the reason why I did not expect the miscarriage is because we've been waiting for five years. And if it will be given to us, then it's impossible that it will be taken from us because, hey, we've been waiting. I, I, I just felt... I mean, processing it now that I also had that entitlement that it will not happen to us because we've been waiting for this. And um, so go going back to that situation when we were at the clinic while driving, um, he said, uh, my husband said that we'll name him or her um, Joey <laughs> as we are not certain if it's a he or a she. And, you know, it just sounded right so why not so we, we we call him her baby joey although i actually imagined him as a baby boy um, who looks like anthony when he was a baby because i've dreamt of um our joey three times uh and 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 he's actually a baby boy so when we arrived um it, it's funny because you know how I think husbands really process their grief differently, right, than women, than us. Um, I mean, men process uh, their, their their grief and pain differently. So it's funny because I remember I I was so frustrated <laughs> with my husband because when I said that to him, because that was already 2 p.m. or 3 p.m. or something like that, and uh, we, we didn't have proper lunch yet and so after that so he was sad but after a moment he said okay um let's have lunch and i was so frustrated because i couldn't even think of of food of of of, of lunch or of anything else and then here you are we just lost our baby and you were talking about lunch so and 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 when we went home um you know, uh, he was saying that he needed to go out to have some important errands and just go to grocery store after. And I was telling him, are you sure, really? I mean, I, I, I really need you right now to be beside me. But then later on, when, when I was telling, you know, when I was sharing this with him and, and he was saying that he was also very much hurt but at that time, he felt like um, he needed to be strong for me. He needed to make sure that 
you know, that I was okay, that I was eating well, because at the time, um, he noticed that, you know, I was already out of sorts, uh, feeling dizzy, and things like that. So, um, so that day, I, the, the thing is, I think, you know, in, in, we have to remind sometimes our um, sonologist or the nurses because after that they didn't give me an instruction what will be the next step so they just they just told me that just contact the, the OB and I thought you know um, I thought when when you discover that you miscarried that it will naturally just come out your body <laughs> that was my that was my assumption. I didn't know that actually you have the option to take pills depending on the advice of your ob or um, have the, D the DNC, which I just discovered later on. So I didn't know what to do next. And then so when, when I told the news to my mom um, on our way home, she was telling me that, um, that, I, that I may need to go through DNC. And I told her, what about DNC? I, I, I don't know about that term. I, I, I never heard of it. So, um, so I, I started contacting my OB gynae, and at that time, um, she was out of town, and I called her, and and she said that indeed, um, I, I, I need to again visit her, and see how the situation is, and um, so, so we went to her clinic, um day after because then um, she's already back from from out of town and uh, and she said that um, just to be safe that I, I need to go through the DNC because I was already bleeding it wasn't heavy bleeding that it's already alarming but then she said um, just to also be sure and I also didn't want to have the the pills because according to her, it might take weeks for it to be completely out of my system. And I just want to, you know, just move on from this experience. And I know that DNC is more expensive, but then I just really want to, you know, to sort of move on and to just make sure that, um, that I'm also safe and okay. And, and so, um, it was it was crazy because um i think well first week of october it was rainy season here in the philippines and i'm not sure if you've been seeing the news but when there is rain or typhoon especially in the city in metro manila i mean we easily get flooded it's quite challenging um to go back and forth to different places and and on that day it was a protocol uh, that before they before um i'll go to the nc through the nc i have to um have the covid19 rt pcr test to make sure that um so it's a, it's it's a non-negotiable requirement that i i need to take that test because uh if if you will not take that test um they will assume that you are COVID-19 suspect, which means that um, you that we will spend uh, double or even triple because you need to cover uh, expenses of the nurses' PPEs and the doctors' PPEs. So according to ob um, out of her concern as well, you know, just to make sure, and also uh, it's it's not an emergency case yet anyway because you're not he uh, bleeding heavily. So I would suggest for you to um, have the COVID-19 test first. So, uh, but according to her, ideally, uh, you should be able to get the result ASAP so we can have the surgery as soon as possible. And so um, that was nighttime the day after, and we were going around Metro Manila, you know, looking for a hospital where we can have the RT-PCR test. And it's, it's, it, it was difficult to find a hospital that can offer like uh, a 24-hour or where they can release the result immediately. 
And so, um, but finally, we were able to um, find the hospital. And um, so I took the test. And then uh, within 12 hours, I was able, we were able to, to get the result through online. And uh, thank God it, it was negative. And then after a few hours, I had the, the DNC. So the DNC is, again, another experience. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to imagine that um, you are undergoing the surgery because uh, we, we, of course, we have been saving uh, for my giving birth, right? But it's it's actually quite difficult to have that, to be in the hospital, taking they're taking out my baby and and going home without, you know, without their baby and and spending so much uh, for for the DNC surgery, and um. um so after the DNC surgery, we went home, and actually, uh, I was constant. I was still bleeding um, for four weeks after the DNC. But according to my OB gynae, sometimes it it takes, you know, time um, for it uh, for your uterus to be completely healed. But it it wasn't heavy bleeding. It it wasn't. It it was like just spotting um, for the second, third, and fourth week. And then, um, so after my DNC, after a day, um, I, because I, I noticed that I, I wasn't really getting enough contents um, about miscarriage, um, you know, I, and, and I felt like, I felt this strong urge that perhaps I should share this, um, you know, with my family and with my friends, because for all I know, Perhaps other women from my network also experience the same thing, and perhaps they can help me heal or process this whole experience because I, I, I just couldn't you know process it alone and and so I decided to um, post it on Facebook. Um, of course, it wasn't I, it, you know, I didn't imagine for me to be sharing my pregnancy story that way. In fact, um, before the miscarriage, I already imagined, you know, um, posting on Facebook about, oh, finally we're pregnant because everyone has been waiting for it. And um, I already knew the layout that I'll be posting the story. I even drafted, you know, um, a post already so it was so unexpected that i'll be posting a different story instead and when i did that um a lot of my female friends messaged me and apparently they also experienced the same thing but it's not something that they well uh that that, that they publicly share and according to one of my friends whom i didn't expect also experienced the same thing it's it's because you know, in our culture, um, sometimes people will say that the reason that you miscarried because perhaps you did something wrong. You know, the, uh, there's there's this tendency where people might blame you, and um, but I guess she's coming from you know she, she, uh, from the from a place where. You know, we uh, that we were just assuming she was just assuming, but in fact, when you allow yourself to be vulnerable in terms of sharing it in public, that you'll be surprised that most of the people actually are very supportive. So when I shared that, um, yeah, a lot of people reach out, and um, you know. Uh, also shared their story and it actually helped me in terms of processing and in terms of healing and um, I, I, I still have those moments wherein I, I'm, I'm still sad about the whole thing and so, so going back to my story, sorry I'm, I'm advancing but I, I didn't know that even if you miscarried that you can 
actually still um, take the maternity benefits. So I didn't know that, um, that you can still get the SSS maternity benefit and that um, I can take a maternity leave. And um, I'm, I'm so, I, I feel so blessed with my company because um, they were so supportive and they even encouraged me to, you know, to take a break because after my, my BNC surgery, I was thinking I'll just rest for two weeks and after that I'll go back to work because I feel like when I keep myself busy that perhaps it will help me in terms of my healing. Although I understand that we cope right with our grief um, differently, that others, um, when they're productive, then it really helps them, them. But I'm glad that I actually took a break. So I took a break for two months. I decided to take that maternity leave benefit. And I'm glad that I did because I just allowed myself to, to process everything without ha having to think about work because my work can be also be very stressful. And um, during those two months, um, you know, I just allowed myself to be unproductive because I'm the type of person wherein I need to always do something. I need to be productive. I, I always have plans. So during those two months, I just really, you know, um, allowed myself to, ra to rest and uh, to just do nothing and we also transferred to a new place to a new apartment because our old apartment our previous apartment when we had Joey, baby joey just a lot of memories but then whenever whenever i was there i, I just felt pain and it felt like everything is just coming back and so we decided to to transfer to a, a new place and um, I, I did that during my my break so yeah so I, I i you know i think i think the the pain is also coming from because we've been waiting for it for the longest time um and and the the longing and the desire was really strong and i already planned my my life uh, with this baby and all of a sudden um you know with that realization that um it will it will not happen anytime soon so yes and and my husband um i realized that he was processing it later later than i, I was processing it um initially because now uh, sometimes he had you know he has those moments wherein um he would just approach me and he will tell me that he, he remembers baby Joey and is actually sad. And um, of course, I just allow him to, you know, to just share it with me, uh, those moments. Um, yeah, so that's my journey. Um, you know, uh, I don't know if we want to try immediately after, to be honest, because the, the whole experience was quite traumatic. And I'm just allowing myself to take my time. Um, but of course, uh, hoping that someday we will have our own children, our own babies, you know, and um, I'm still holding on to that hope. And I know that um, it will happen in, you know, God's perfect timing. So that's my story, Shelly. So uh, most of the day, most, most of the time I'm okay. Um, but there are some, you know, especially 4 a.m., 3 a.m., 5 a.m., that I, I suddenly feel that, oh, my God, grief is coming again. And, and you know, it, it, they, they come in unexpected times. And sometimes you'll just be surprised that, you know, you think that you're already okay. And all of a sudden, you have that anxiety again and that, that longing and especially when you see your friends who um who are also pregnant when when they post on social media and and i i i feel jealous sometimes and at times you know i i was saying oh no i'm not i'm not feeling this way but you know but lately i just learned to really embrace what i'm feeling um uh, that 
you know, to be really genuine in terms of acknowledging it. Um, yeah, so I, I'm still processing it, but at the same time, I know that there will be better days. <laughs> I know that the grief will sometimes visit us and you just have to dance with it, you know. Um, I, I learned not to not to avoid it, but just to welcome it and and, and just learn to to go with the flow and, and dance with it. So that's that's what I've learned so so far. And I'm not forcing myself to to process everything completely and even until now I still couldn't articulate the whole experience. And perhaps I will never be able to articulate and understand the whole experience. But I know that, you know, that and, and listening to your podcast, just knowing that I'm not alone and that gives me comfort. So Absolutely. that's my story. Well, you're amazing. I, you, I love the way you shared. And I, I mean, I feel like I don't have to ask the question that I ask it every at the end of every episode and that's the advice question do you have any other tips or advice for somebody listening I feel like you gave a whole lot yeah well I think you know that um that it's okay to be vulnerable because you know some because we are used to that culture wherein pregnancy should be joyful right that it should be a happy news but sometimes um, it, it's, it's not the way we always expect and hope it to be. And, and if something went wrong, then it's okay to, to share it. Because, you know, in this journey, I think the one thing that I'm really thankful about is I, I felt more connected to some of my friends who apparently also experienced the same thing. And as, as I've said earlier, the second I think is do not try to articulate everything as soon as possible, you know, the whole experience. Just just go with it. I mean, life happens, you know. Um, it's, it's, it's something that some, some pain and grief, it's something that you cannot avoid and you just have to learn to to, to dance with it because it's it's not always sadness and loneliness and pain anyway. Uh, most of the time we have happiness, we have joy, right? And I think that's what makes life meaningful. And I know it sounds cliche, but you know, when you experience something like this, it actually reminds you of the most important things. And um, you, you learn to let go um, you know, trivial things in life and just really uh, just, you know, just um, hold on to the more important things, which are relationships, right? Because when you're grieving, when you're in pain, that's where you also appreciate the people around you more. And in my case, I really, I, I, I feel like, you know, I became more in love with my husband because I saw his strength even more i know that i know that those were her those were his strengths even from the beginning but it was just magnified um during this trying times and yeah and friends and family and and no and all and and also don't assume that sometimes uh you, we assume that oh i will not share this because people might say that i did something wrong but actually most of the people that we have, even those who may not be our closest friends, really mean well. And uh, you'll be surprised that they're actually very supportive. So, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I'm really, really grateful for this podcast, Shelly. Thank you. And for all the women who already shared their stories. And you know what? If you know the Spotify, right? At the end of the year, there's this 2020 review. 
Yeah. And and the Shelly, I mean the podcast Life After Miscarriage, that's my most listened podcast. And there's this uh, one day wherein I listened to apparently 11 episodes. <laughs> so <laughs> you can just imagine the need, right? At that time, I just need some sort of connection from people who also experience the same thing. And it, it was... You know, a lot. Whenever I I hear an episode, I would always cry. Oh my god, oh my god! Because I I I felt it. You know, whenever they share, I can feel the the pain and and everything. And you just feel so connected. I I don't know these people from other parts of the world, opposite part of the world, from America, and from you know from an, from Asia. So, but. It's it's really that you know we share this the same emotions right we share the same experience we're coming from different backgrounds different culture but we have the same heart you know and and for me that was really amazing and I think that also inspired me to contact you and say I also want to share my story because perhaps we also have some and I believe we you have some Asian um, listeners as well perhaps they can also. Um, connect with my story and yes (laughs) yeah well thank you so much for feeling the pull to share I so appreciate it I know everyone listening appreciates it as well and I hope that it was healing for you too to jump on and kind of share your story from beginning to where you're at right now Mm -hmm. so thank you so much Um, if somebody wants to reach out to you where could they do so Ah, okay. So I have my Instagram account. Um, it's uh, Queen Mean. So it's Q N M E A M E A N N E. So I can perhaps share with you the link. Yeah. And then, yeah. Yep. I'll link it in the description of this episode, so it's easy for right. to find you. So thank you so much. I appreciate Shelley. it. So cool to you know you're you're the first person that I've talked to over in the Philippines on this podcast. So. <laughs> I wasn't prepared. You know, I was thinking yeah. I'll write a script and things like that. You know, I'll make sure that uh, that I'm prepared. But at the same time, I think I think it's good that you know um, that I did it spontaneously as well yeah. because I felt like it was more raw. You may yeah. call it that way. Yeah. We, had so, a little, we had a little time zone mishap, but so she yeah. was a little caught off guard when she had a job oh, recording. But you did awesome. You did so Thank good. Thank you. Yes. And Thank I you. I will talk to you soon. Keep us posted. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to share your life after miscarriage story, go to ShellyMetling.com. Click on the life after miscarriage tab and add yourself right to the recording schedule. And I can't wait to chat with you soon. Next one.